It's been one week since you looked at me. Cut your hand to the side and said I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me. Saying get back together, come back and see me. Welcome to episode 209 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Happy Monday morning, everybody. We've got a bunch of pinball news to talk about on this episode. Hope you guys had a great weekend. We're just going to dive right into it. Uh, the first news that I'm hearing, we're going to go down by manufacturer. Um, uh, Jersey Jack Pinball has a change occurring at the top levels of Jersey Jack Pinball. I'm hearing that the CEO, um, Joe Harbour, he's out. He's no longer part of Jersey Jack Pinball. Now, I don't have any more details on why Joe is no longer the CEO of the company, um, who is stepping in to become the CEO of Jersey Jack Pinball. Uh, Joe was with the company for a little over two years, is two years and three months. Now, what does that mean for Jersey Jack? I don't know. I don't know. It's It still seems like things are, are going full steam ahead with Pirates of the Caribbean uh, about to be shown again at TPF. And orders and distribution and production of the game are about to happen in Q1 of 2018. So um, not sure what this means. I'm sure we'll learn more about who is filling in for Joe, um, but that is uh, a big change happening at the top of Jersey Jack Pinball. Now, staying on the subject of Jersey Jack Pinball, for those of you in on Pirates of the Caribbean, you have to watch uh, Straight Down the Middle did an incredible sort of walkthrough of the game. It's on YouTube. Uh, they talked to Eric, the designer. They talked to Keith, the coder. And it's about two hours long of a deep dive into the game Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, I think POTC as the abbreviation of the game is really interesting because I, I, I can't help but feel like this game should be called Pirates of the Complex because there's so much going on in this game that I just have to say, when they go over how to play the game, you kind of need an encyclopedia to figure out everything to do in the game. And I'm a little bit concerned about that. I have to say, I just don't think a pinball machine should require a half-hour tutorial on how to play the game. There's just too much going on. And and if you look at the game and you look at the sheer amount of inserts and arrows and it's just too much. It's at, at some point I really wish pinball designers would reach a point where there can't be too much stuff going on. I mean there's there's like there's inserts and there's targets and there's shots that are happening in the game that you I don't even think you can like physically see them. I think those like things that happen at the top of the playfield where the magnets shooting the ball back and forth. I, you don't even like I don't even know if you can control or or see what's going on there, but something is going on there and it just begs the question is how much is too much? in pinball. And I think you guys should go look at the Whitewood of Pirates of the Caribbean. The original Whitewood had even way more inserts than the final game. So many inserts that I don't even think you could have artwork on the game because there's so much they wanted to put in. And I think the challenge is this. When you're making a pinball machine that is based on five movies, you're trying to jam pack into it so much. And I've said it, I just thought five films is too many. 
Uh, and I really hope when, when we play this game that it's not nearly as difficult to figure out as some of these early videos I've been watching. Um, I, I just really, for the life of me, I don't think pinball machines should be so complicated. And as I look at like, you know, I'll use Batman as an example because I have one in front of me. Uh, it's not that hard to explain to people, here's the, here's the goal of the game. You want to put the villains in jail and here's how you do that go. I mean, it's, it's that simple. And each villain has a corresponding shot and there's not that much to go over. I think you could explain all there is to do in Batman in just a couple minutes. Now, I, I don't think the same is true for, for Pirates of the Caribbean. And look, look, I'm just going to say it. I just think these games are getting too complex. I, I really do. And, and I think uh, maybe that's great if you own the game and you're going to have it for years and they're designing these games for those people. But I think these games are going to be a nightmare on location for people to try and figure out. All right. What else is going on? I actually, uh, we, we don't really talk too much about for sale threads on, on this podcast. But every once in a while, I see a for sale thread that makes me scratch my head a little bit. And we all know that being the price police is the easiest thing to do. Um, but I saw that Crazy Levy is trying to sell a dialed-in standard edition in New York City for $7,600. And the price is firm. This isn't one of those or best offer prices. Now, here's the thing. A dialed-in standard edition, the price from a distributor, is basically that. I mean, that is what you would pay for a dialed-in standard edition, brand new inbox from a distributor. And he wants that price. And you'll be, take it here, take this, you'll be the third owner of the game. So there's already been two owners of this game. And for, for the $7,600 price, you could be number three. Why would anybody spend $7,600 on a dialed in when they could go get one for that price brand new? I, I, don't, I don't get it. You're going to lose money on these machines. The, I, I, the whole notion that a pinball machine could be passed around from owner to owner and lose absolutely no value is completely inane. I don't think this game is going to sell. And I also think for, for people who want dialed in, I just don't understand getting a standard edition. I, I just don't. I think it's better to get the limited edition, which is not even very limited. I think they made, what, 1,000 or 1,500 of them. Um, but it's just, if you're going to spend that much, you might as well spend a, like $1,000 more and get the one that's got all the bells and whistles. All right, we'll see if he sells that game. I highly, I highly doubt it. Um, what else is going on in the pinball world? So for you guys out there, I sent a, about maybe like 20 emails, maybe more of the Hilton hoodie. Now, for those of you who haven't seen the Hilton hoodie, there is still time to email me at canadapinball at gmail.com. It came out terrific. It really did. Now, now my challenge is I need to find someone to print it because the damn company won't print because of copyright infringement of the Homer Simpson image. Um, what I also found hilarious is that some of you tried to post pictures of the Hilton hoodie on Pinside, and what happened? The Pinside moderators, they yanked all the, the images down. Why can't we have a little fun with this guy? None, none, the hoodie itself doesn't, it, all it does is it has his famous quote about how Skitby has a license to Predator, and on the back of the hoodie, we make fun of the fact that if you order your Hilton hoodie, you're going to get it in two weeks. 
uh, with a nice picture of Andrew Highway on the back. All right. Well, look, if you want to see it, let me know. And, and actually, I might I might make a small run so we could sell these things and maybe maybe send the uh, the proceeds to all the people who lost money on, on Predator. Maybe that could be an interesting thing we do. Um, let's stay there real quick. Let's stay in the world of, of Skip B. So I don't know if you guys have been following the thread, but it's an, another one of these like never ending 300 and something pages on, on pin side. But the problem with the Skip B thread now is Keith, the lawyer involved in the whole lawsuit against Kevin Kulik, um, he's no longer posting on Pinside, and he's probably not posting anymore because he's involved in an ongoing case. And it is kind of silly to think that the lawyer in an ongoing case would be speaking about the case on a public forum like Pinside. So I think he's he's been told by the judge or 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 you know the defense to just stop, just stop what you're doing. Um, but we know that. Amanda Kulik, I think, is officially filing for divorce um, from Kevin. So she's had enough. Um, we also know that Kevin owes Amanda $27 a month in child support. How sad is that? I think they have like four or five kids. How, how can you break down child support to $27 a month? I mean, I, I had one drink in New York City yesterday in the Baccarat Hotel, and it was $36. And, and that's a drink, one drink. And that's a monthly child support fee. It's just, it's, it's so sad following this case. And I think people are finally realizing that the money's gone. Nobody's going to see anything. All that's going to happen is you're going to bury this guy in even deeper debt than he is currently. I mean, this, this is basically like trailer park people trying to make a pinball machine. I mean, that's based on one of the the most expensive actor licenses, IPs out there. Arnold Schwarzenegger. You, I mean, everyone fell victim to this. I, I, I want us to just reach a point where we just say it's done. It's over. You lost your $4,500. You learned a lesson and walk away. It's just time to bury this whole thing. It's over. It's over. And there will never be any real forgiveness given to Hilton and to the people who kept everyone in on it. Because the people who were skeptical, they were right to be skeptical and they were ignored by the by the people shilling the game and we all know how it ended. But look, it's not about forgiving Hilton or those shills who kept people in on it. It's now reached a point where like everyone needs to just shut up and bury this thread. I, I would just lock it. It's over. It's over. There is nothing left. Um, to, or there's nothing to come from this um, in the future. All right, where should we go next in this little sort of smorgasbord of pinball manufacturers? Let's go to home pin. So Thunderbirds uh, is going to start shipping soon. That's what it seems. And the price, I hope you're sitting down, the price for Thunderbirds is actually not bad. It's $4,995. So it's a little bit underneath the price of a Stern Pro, which, if you think about it, that's really, really low considering Mike had to build a pinball company and a manufacturing plan and everything from the ground up, and he's able to get the price that low. So that's sort of what what his goal was from the very get-go. If he can control the, the supply of parts in China, he can get the price down. 
and $5,000 for Thunderbirds. Now, the real question becomes, do you still want Thunderbirds based upon who Mike is as a person and how well the game plays? And we haven't really seen the newer version of Thunderbirds. We all saw the original gameplay videos that were pretty horrendous. So I think the game has a long ways to go. Uh, I still, you know, I found it funny that the distributor in Australia that is going to be shipping this game. Are you ready for this? The name of the distributor is Highway Pinball. I, I'm not making this up. Highway Pinball will be the distributor for Home Pin. I mean, is that just like an ironic twist of fate that that's the name of the distributor? Now, it is not highway from the UK. It is spelled like the traditional spelling of highway. But I just found it hysterical that uh, Homepin is going to try and sell games from, from a distributor named Highway. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, my, my point of view on this game is I think Mike has really, really damaged his, his company's uh, reputation. And I think that people are going to stay away from Homepin because of him. And I, and I think it was a silly stance to take. And I think when you start to get uh, into political and social like statements and, and insensitivities and then not apologizing for them, all you're doing is hurting your company. All right. I don't, I don't just make a pinball machine, make a pinball company. Don't make it personal and don't get into stupid arguments with people. So speaking of getting political, let's jump to Mezzo mods. So I got an email uh, in my uh, at Canada Pinball from the Mesomod um, from 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 Kristen, and it was like, can you guys go on to Facebook and support us because we've taken a beating over the past few days? And I, I was like, what? I don't even know like what what it was referring to. Uh, so I went over there and I, I read this morning. It seems that they have decided not to work with FedEx anymore because of FedEx supporting the NRA. And we've all seen the tragedy that happened uh, in uh, in Florida, and the gun debate issue continues to be one of the, the you know the most prevalent issues facing America today. And I'm not going to go into my opinions about this, but their decision to stop using FedEx because of their support of the NRA, you know, it kind of created issues for them. It created a debate about that topic and. You know, some people supported them doing this. Other people are like, you know what? I'm not going to buy from you anymore because people who buy pinball mods, uh, they're going to be politically divided. It's almost like every product out there. You are going to have people who are in support of Trump and against Trump. You are going to have people who are in support of owning guns and people who are against it. Uh, but when people think about pinball, they don't want to think about those political issues and they don't want the people who make their pinball products uh, to make political statements that could, uh, you know, could make it difficult for them to support such companies. And so my whole thing on this is, look, I, I think if you own your company, you have every right to stand up for what you believe in. And if you feel really passionate about something uh, because you have children and you just feel this is the right thing to do, then by all means, you have the power to make a, a statement like this, to work with whichever carrier you want. Um, but as some people have pointed out, you also have to think about it like we're a business. Like at the end of the day, we are a business and uh, our the, the best 
thing for our children is for us to run our business uh, and make it as successful as possible. Uh, because I've always believed in the world, the ultimate freedom comes from when you become financially independent and you don't have to rely on anybody else. Uh, you don't have to rely on government. You don't have to rely on family members. You don't have to beg, borrow, or steal. You are financially completely independent. And I've always believed that that's where real freedom lies in America. Because money is the ultimate thing that, that tells you like where you can live, where you can eat, what you can wear, where you can travel to, everything, everything. It, it, it is a thing that gives us freedom and peace of mind. Um, and obviously, it's not the most important thing in life, right? But it's still like... I think you got to put the business first and, you know, making this move, I, I think people could argue that not using FedEx isn't really going to do anything uh, to combat the gun issue in America. All it's going to do is inconvenience uh, some of your customers. And is that, is it worth it? Okay. But again, it's their business. It's their decision. I, I, I would still buy from them. Of course I would. Uh, because here's the thing too, is I try to see things a little bit balanced and I support people who have an opinion, who care about something, who are passionate enough about a topic uh, to make a decision like this. And I won't hold it against them even if I believe uh, the opposite of what they're saying. Uh, because it's to me, it's kind of inane to think that someone is is making a mistake by not wanting there to be gun violence, right? And someone is making a mistake because they would rather see children protected. I mean, how do you not respect that stance? And that's just that's just me. I get I get labeled all the time as like a New York City liberal, and I'm not. I'm like I'm raised by a conservative family. I'm very socially liberal, but I'm I'm very fiscally conservative, and that's that's always been my stance on life. All right. Let's move on. I, I still think you guys should support Meselmods. I think Meselmods, whichever way you pronounce it, I think they're great people. I think they make great products. And I think we should respect the fact that they're doing something, that they're activating in some way. All right. Now let's go over to Chicago Gaming. It's a new week. And everyone is waiting to see how they handle the large issues that have been facing um, Attack from Mars remakes. We talked a couple podcasts ago about Playfield issues and cabinet issues and how they have failed to come to the aid of people who have had uh, chipped playfields, who have had terrible playfield wear early on in the game, planking playfields, whatever you want to say. You know, the, the, they, there might be some silk screening where the colors are off. Uh, these major issues that c customers are facing, how will they handle these issues? We're still waiting to see as of today. I have still heard no reports that Chicago Gaming is taking care of their customers. And we're going to hold them to it. We're going we're to keep reporting on this until we hear what their resolution is. Uh, but the update this week is there is still no resolution that they've provided to those people. So we hope they do the right thing. We hope they do the right thing. All right. Let's move on to Stern Pinball. And look, we're seeing a lot more. We're going to see Iron Maiden within two weeks. We all know it. Iron Maiden is going to be at Texas Pinball Festival. It is most likely a Keith. It is Keith Elwin. It is most likely an Archer retheme. And we are going to see Zombie Eddie's artwork on it. And I'm hearing that it's based on the Book of Souls. And I'm hearing the Book of Souls rumor from very, very reliable sources. Okay. 
Uh, so if you don't want it to be based on Book of Souls, I think you might be disappointed, but that's what I am hearing. And I don't know. I mean, we're ready to see it. This is like that pre-TPF sort of lull. Like even when you go on This Week in Pinball, there's no real news. There's not a lot of, of stuff that people don't know about. And and the curtain is about to be pulled back on all all the on this title. There's a you know we're not going to have to speculate much much longer. Um, so that's coming. There's the new Batman code point eight eight is out. I actually had a chance to install and play it. And look, it makes the game great. I mean the things that that are getting better in the game. There's the the Riddler has been fully coded now. So you can choose to either jail him or continue playing him. You basically the way it works is you can you can jail a major villain immediately after you hit a certain amount of shots, or you can keep playing into that in, the villain and the the points go up and up. And you can do you can you can continue playing up to three times, and it shows you more clips from the shows, uh, and you get better points. The thing that about the game too is when you drain you're still in the mode. So you don't lose being in the mode, which actually I think is good. There's not like the ultimate risk of, of losing all that you've worked up to. The thing that does make the game hard is the minor villains are actually much more hard than the major villains. And the minor villains, some of them require up to 10 shots. I, for some of them like Bookworm, I feel like I don't even, I've never jailed him. I don't even know how to finish Bookworm mode. I, I don't, I feel like I hit a million shots and he's still never completed. Um, I, I do think the minor villains are a little too tough. And I think for those of us trying to get to uh, Batuzi multiball, it's really hard. Here's my recommendation for the best, best way to get there. Do the Mad Hatter. He's the one I can jail the easiest or put, you know, finish his, his mode. Do the Mad Hatter in Season 1. Then do Egghead in Season 2. And then you have to choose Tut in 3 because he's the only option for, for Season 3. But I've been able to get to Batuzi about three times uh, in that order. Uh, it sucks because I want to do like Mr. Freeze and whatnot, but it's so hard. It is so hard the amount of shots required in some of those those other character modes. All right. The thing that concerns me, though, and if you read the Batman thread, there was someone who just installed the new code update, and all of a sudden we see node board number eight not found. And that was the same error that happened in my, my game. And so we're still seeing these node boards are problematic, and they're prone to fail. And I really, really think that everyone who owns one of these modern sterns, I feel like we should have some backup node boards on hand at all times. Now, my question is... Will Stern sell you a node board? Can you buy just like a bunch of backup node boards? I would love to. I don't know if I have to wait for one to fail. And then that's only when a distributor can get one from Stern. So if you know the answer to that, email me at canadapinball at gmail.com. All right. What else is going on in the world of pinball? So uh, Deep Root Pinball. So it is, it is with much... Uh, satisfaction that we are hearing from Zidware owners that Deep Root has reached out to them and is actually starting to confirm uh, people's claims on their Zidware games. So that that is good news. And I, and I think if you're in on a Zidware game, and you, you I mean you've 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 had the Band-Aid ripped off so many times uh, that. Is there going to be light at the end of the tunnel now for you? I mean, you've waited five years for Raza and Alice in Wonderland. And for you Magic Girl guys, I know you've waited for a working Magic Girl forever. Um, you know, 
I don't know. I don't know. This is your best bet. This is your best chance at ever seeing uh, a, a working pinball game. And, you know, it's hard because I also know people who are in on the lawsuit. And I do, I'm torn because I feel like John needs to be taught a lesson, but people also just want their game. And if I had to choose which one I'd, which path I'd go down, which is like, if you look at the two options, we can stay in on the lawsuit and go after John. And if we do that, we're not going to be able to have a claim with Deep Root or we could go in on the, the, the claim and, and get a game, hopefully, from Deep Root. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I would just want my game. I, I just would never want any pinball purchase to, to, to land me like in the courtroom trying to sue a guy for years, spending money on the lawsuit, and then what are you going to get? I don't know what you get. Um, but I also did hear from the plaintiffs that they are close to a resolution or a judgment on this whole case. So I, I don't know how this thing's going to play out. As I've said, I, I've sort of taken the stance now that I'm excited to see what happens with Deep Root. Uh, and I think we have, you know, an 18-month wait until their delivery date is promised. But we'll probably see stuff far before then. Um, I do want to go see what's happening at Deep Root. Uh, I want to sign an NDA and go take a tour. Uh, I, I, You know, maybe we can work that out sometime in the next, like, six months to a year. But whenever Robert feels like it's a good time, uh, I will happily go and see what's happening behind the scenes over at Deep Root. All right, what else is going on? Uh, Highway Pinball continues to baffle me. They continue to mail parts to owners uh, of Alien Pinball with absolutely no instructions on how to install those parts or where things go. And I, I just, why? <laughs> At what point? Is this company going to put on its common sense hat and do things right? I, I just, I, I don't understand it. I really don't. You're, you're continuing to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. We know that they listen to this podcast. Um, we know. So, guys, when you mail people parts, just print out the step-by-step -step instructions or make a video showing how those parts from uh you know, the new parts go into an old game. Why not just grab a, a cell phone camera and record a half hour video that's, that's, and then you just have to do it once and upload it, okay? I, I just think you can't leave your customers uh, in, in, the, in the dark like this. Uh, we still have not seen LEs go out to people and, and that refund thread, I mean, it just hangs over this whole project like a dark cloud and people are still waiting for their money. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I there's nothing. There's really nothing else to say on that. All right. What else is going on? Um, American Pinball. So, one thing I want to talk about with American Pinball is someone uploaded pictures of of Houdini with Pin Stadium lights, and then they showed what the game looks like with Pin Stadium lights, and then without. And I have to say. If you have not installed Pin Stadium lights into your games, it, it is the best mod I think you can do for pinball. I, I really do. I, I think it's, 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 it's as important as PDI glass. It's as important as color DMDs. It is, it is a must-have. It has changed the way my Batman plays and looks, and it, it has changed the enjoyment level of the game. 
Uh, Houdini, without them, looks really dark. With them, it looks incredible. Now, here's the thing, though. I am surprised that Stern or another company out there hasn't acquired Penn Stadium lights. or I don't know if it's trademarked or not. But what needs to happen next is this. Is someone needs to design a pinball cabinet in which Penn Stadium lighting is built into the cabinet so that you don't have to take off the lights every time you lift the play field. Because that's the only annoying part about it. It's not, it's not that annoying, but it is annoying. Um, and you could easily build LED strip lighting into a cabinet that's just always there permanently. And it's one of those innovations that just feels like, you know what, this, is, this should have been thought of all along with all these new manufacturers and all the new pinball innovation going on. Like nobody really has figured lighting out. <laughs> so it's, it's just important. It's important. And I think it's a great mod. And for those of you out there who don't have it, I think you need to get it. All right. Okay. I want to read some of your mail. Now this is going to, I have to like go down the list of looking for new mail that I got that's not Hilton hoodie requests because that's all I've been getting are Hilton hoodie requests. Uh, all right. I got an email from, let's see, from Dave Sanders over at Highway. Dave, thank you. He always emails me. So I, I love it. And the subject was Star Wars licensing and art. And he said, okay, this has been brought up several times previously, but I think the chief difference between Zen Pinball Star Wars and Stern's is in different categories of license. First and foremost, Zen Pinball is a video game and licensed as such. It, it's the more disposable product sold in volume for cheap price like a comic book. And also like a comic book, the licensor has the ability to demand how individual elements look according to the style guide, but not how those elements are actually used or it would kill the product. The comic is trying to tell a story via sequential images and the game is trying to convey an experience through graphics that move. Okay. All right. Now compare that to a pinball machine. The visual design consists of static, printed, and non-sequential art, closest in function and style to a movie poster, and that licensor is going to exert strict control over. Ditto for the fact that the pinball experience relies a lot more heavily on reproducing existing media than a video game, which can fill in the gaps. The pinball machine is also a prestige... Uh, a piece of high cost merchandise as you can get. So of course, Lucas Disney will want the product to re represent their brand as authentically as possible under their own terms, but it's not manufactured by an industry whose revenue reflects that prestige. You said as much before, pinball just isn't that big. And that's what I think this all boils down to in the end and why Stern's hands were tied before they even knocked on Disney's door. All right. All right, but you can't tell me this, Dave. I get your point, but if you are going to make a a limited run product like a pinball machine and, and it's been like 20 years since there's been a, a, a Star Wars-themed pinball machine, you're telling me that Disney wouldn't want their pinball machine to have the nicest-looking art package of any pinball machine ever, that, that their hands were tied? I just can't imagine that being the case. And I... I 
and besides that, the the actual game, the way the game was designed, uh, I, I I'm 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 just never gonna believe that putting a Tie Fighter on a spring and a lazy LCD screen with targets in front of it is the best design Stern could have done to bring to Disney for approval. Uh, out of all the things in the in the Star Wars universe, I mean, if you go look at the Data E Star Wars game, look at all the sculpts and the toys from the Star Wars world. You can't tell me that they couldn't have got more creative with everything in that universe than they did. I'm sorry. I just don't buy it. I think that they wanted to do the Hyperloop as the main thing. It's not even the main part of the movie franchise. And they made a game that is... It's a Steve Ritchie game that, that is like with Star Wars slapped on top of it. It's not a Star Wars game from, from, from the bottom up. It's just not. And and look, I get it's fast. I get it's fun. But I just don't think that that this will go down as a great theme integration. And I don't think Disney is to blame. I don't. I think Stern, I think this is the game Stern was going to make because of who they had on it. And that's that. All right. I got an email from... Tim Leonard, and Tim wrote me a long email, and he basically said, look, he, he, he's a big Lebowski early achiever, all right, and he, he wrote, the thing that really incited me to email you was listening to your latest episode last night and hearing you say in the same breath after expressing empathy with Alien and the big Lebowski buyers how we were all a bunch of fools for prepaying for a game rather than buying Amazon stock. I realize that you mean to use our pre-purchase mistakes as a lesson for others in the hobby, but please be aware of how you're choosing to make your point. It's bad enough that I've had to deal with not getting a game that I paid for four years ago now, and I don't need yet another lecture on how stupid it was to trust Dutch pinball in retrospect, or on top of that, how much money I could have made in addition to what I may end up losing. Times have changed since I made that pre-purchase years ago. I've learned a hard lesson, and believe me, I'm not about to make that mistake again. Thanks again for your time and dedication. I look forward to future Canada podcast episodes. Well, look, Tim, I am sorry, man. And it's like, I know I, I know I can like sometimes say we all should have thought wiser that hindsight is 2020 when it comes to everything people was doing in pinball you know everything people were doing in pinball when it came to purchasing decisions four years ago was idiotic everybody was stupid like we were throwing money at magic girl we were throwing money at raza we were throwing money at the big lebowski we were throwing money at andrew highway i mean people paid in full for alien pinball before full throttle even started shipping, paid in full. And and when you ask people why, like why did you pay in full? The whole thing was people's fear of missing out. They were worried that they were gonna get locked out of one of these limited games and I'm not gonna make the same mistake as Tron LE. I'm not gonna make the same mistake as like ACDC, like back in black edition. I'm not, I'm not gonna miss out and then see the game selling for thousands more uh, a year later. I'm not, you know, and now look where we're at. Most of the people never got their boutique games. Most of those Stern games that were selling for $12,000 have now come back down to reality. No one wants them. They're not, they're not in demand. 
I think we've all realized that, you know what? None of these pinball games are really that rare. Like the experience is not rare. None of them are worth these premiums. Is because when you start spending upwards of like eight to ten to twelve thousand dollars on pinball machines, the experience of pinball is not worth it. And then you also realize that the only people that give a shit that you've got that rare game that only two to five hundred are out in the world are other pinball people. And you know what, If once you stop caring what those people think and you actually just buy a game that you enjoy and you don't worry about the resale, you don't worry about the collectability, you'll realize that every pinball machine becomes available for sale. That you don't have to rush and go get it day one, right? We've all learned that lesson. Look, everything's for sale. Like I found a Batman SLE, unobtainium, right? I found it in box. There are other Batman SLEs out there for sale. You can find one if you want one bad enough. And if you offer money for a pin, you can get one. You know, right now, I mean, if I were to offer $15,000 for a Big Lebowski, you know, maybe that's what they've been going for recently, someone would sell me their Big Lebowski. You know, this game is, uh, it's out there. So look, Tim, I do feel bad, and I'm sorry if I sort of rubbed it in, uh, but, you know, we all were fools. We all were idiots. I mean, I was an idiot. I spent $23,000 on Magic Girl a year ago. Now, let's just break it down, too. A year ago, I bet Amazon stock was like half of what it is now. So that $23,000, if I put in, into Grubhub or Amazon or so many companies, Domino's Pizza, uh, I would have doubled my money. I would have had $46,000. All right, and then I pay some capital gains tax on top of that. But you know what? But instead, I lost $3,000 and I sold it for 20 k I felt happy to be out of it. But you know, we're, we're idiots if we go into these high-priced pinball machines thinking about resale. Speaking of the Big Lebowski, I got an email from the Black Knight and he wrote, Chris, just for reference, I have direct access for review of one of the Big Lebowski original ARA games since the, um, the percentage were shipped. The percentage were shipped to the United States. I don't know what that means. I guess that means most of them were shipped to the United States. Um, its design has had massive electronic and mechanical problems, and it is shelved in a warehouse storage for nearly a year. I see it every day now. No parts, no service, and there is no concern about attempting to get it working again as the maintenance was not worth the coinage and it was generated once it started exhibiting problems and ball hangups in the bowling section. Bubba, I'm speaking from people who are very experienced in technically maintaining games, not someone's garage. Private ownership has shown equal levels of issues and in the case of another that was routed, um, in the PNW region very briefly. It was pulled from location and placed in the business owner's home to prevent further issues. All right, so look, what Chris is saying is that the Big Lebowski is very uh, prone to problems. And when you have a problem, I'm gonna go, sorry guys, I gotta go pet Bubba because he's, Bubba, what's up buddy? Do you have, a, do you have Big Lebowski problems, Bubba? Or are you just barking? Okay, come on buddy, there you go. He gets a pet, now he'll calm down. Um, this game, if you have problems, you're screwed. Everybody knows that, and I think that's the issue. And and look, the one at Sunshine's has been broken. I, I I would hate to, 
I would hate to own a machine and then be left in the, out in the dark. Because here's, here's what happens. If you own a game and there's no customer support and something happens, like your bowling alley mechanism goes down, owning the game will suck. Any mechanism that goes down in a game, whether it's the Xenomorph head has problems with Alien or or it's the Magic Girl Center mechanism or it's, you know, anything. You, your theater of magic trunk stops working. The second you have a major mech that goes down in a game, the game's worthless. You don't want to play it. You, you want it turned off. And so if you don't have support, what are you going to do? Imagine those Batman guys when node board number eight goes down. Imagine if nobody was making more node boards. They basically would have a broken game. The game wouldn't even turn on. And that's the, that's the danger of these new companies is if they go away, you could be screwed forever and never have a working game. And you'd basically just have a $10,000 paperweight. All right. All right. Let's see. I got another email. All these Hilton hoodies. Oh, let's see. All right. Well, look, let's end it there because I got to get to work. Um, I'll do one last one. Brian L. Brian, thank you for the email. Um, he says, hey, man. Just a loyal follower of your pinball podcast and wanted to say your podcast is awesome. Your passion and opinions are very entertaining. You focus on the stuff that's interesting. No BS boring filler. Anyhow, I live on the East Coast as well near Baltimore. Perhaps I'll run into you at one of the PA pinball shows like York or Allentown. Keep up the great work. Well, Brian, thank you so much, bro. Um, yes, I do go to Allentown every year. I usually go with Ted. Um, so let's definitely connect this year at Allentown. And thank you again for listening to the show. For those of you out there, if you want to uh, email me any of your pinball opinions, canadapinball at gmail.com. Have a great Monday. Have a great start to your week. And we'll talk to you guys real soon. Stadium, home of the Robbie. 